Welcome to Gal on the Go Unplugged. Today's guest is Lisa Zahia, who left her corporate career to pursue her dreams, opening Studio Zahia and traveling as an award-winning belly dance teacher and performer, spreading the message of body positivity. Today, Lisa is also a nationally known business strategist and life coach who helps women to cultivate their dreams and their terms. Hey, Lisa, thank you for coming on Unplugged. Hi, I'm so glad I'm here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I know everyone's going to be so excited, so I can't wait for Unplugged listeners to get to know your journey. You mentioned that you enjoy providing your clients with a community of body positivity, confidence, and success through Studio Zahia. Can you please explain about that? Sure. So it's interesting because I, I started my life, my adult life in corporate, in marketing, and then that was not the right path for me. And then I went to becoming a dance teacher, a dance performer, and then later combined that with coaching and started coaching. So I've been coaching for 10 years. What really has been interesting to me is to see how much I apply what I learned as a dance teacher to being a business coach. People would usually be like, what are you talking about? But what I really saw is that people change from the neck down. So like when we embody something, we can change. If we think about something, it gets really difficult and we tend to start spinning. So people are like, what in the world do bodies have to do with business? And my answer is everything in that. And in fact, business and every other place I would choose to create change or want to step into a positive way in my life. Because if I am not comfortable in my vessel, in the skin I'm in, then I can't truly choose to move forward in any other area of my life. Whether it is directly working on body image or just like how am I choosing to present myself in the world and how am I learning to be okay with and then celebrating myself, whether I am teaching dance, speaking, inspiring people or helping them with their business, we have to start there. I love that analogy because uh, it's actually an aspect I never even thought of, right? You know, like how your appearance and how you feel about yourself affects so many things. And I think we think of it in personal terms, but we never really think of how it affects us professionally. You are a certified coach and you have trained under Brené Brown and Tony Robbins programs. How did that path to becoming a coach come about? You went from corporate then to the dancing. Um, How did the coaching play into it? And what does that mean to you? Sure. Sort of two things happened. One is because I had an MBA and a background in business, when I started my own business, it grew very quickly. So I was able to leverage the knowledge and the skills I'd gotten before in my life into my business. And it certainly helped me grow. It helped me understand how to reach and keep a customer. So when people were seeing that, other people, especially with dance businesses or fitness businesses, they were coming to me, hey, do you do business coaching? Can you help me? Simultaneously to that, I was seeing people change by taking dance, especially as an adult dance teacher with a focus on feeling better, not looking better or dancing better. I would see transformation and I realized that my purpose 
in life and my interest in life wasn't teaching dance, it was helping people change. I remember somebody would start at dance class really shy and then two years later, they'd walk in, they'd stand in the front row, they'd have on all this, and they had changed not just how they came to dance class, but they changed who they were in the world. I wanted to get some science, I wanted to get some skills to put behind that. So both people were asking for coaching and then I was interested in like, how do people change? So I went to life coaching school. I'm a person who eats up information. I eat constantly that, and I, I still do books, programs, trainings. And then I like to bring it back and apply it because ultimately my title is coach, but like my person in the world is as a teacher. Like, I feel like that's just what I'm the best at teaching skills and helping people and supporting people change. So that's how I landed in coaching. That's how I chose to do all those programs. That's how that career started. That's really cool and powerful because you cared enough to truly, you know, how everyone's saying, especially these days, that all that they yearn for is to be seen. And you as a teacher, as an instructor, you saw your students, your clients, and that's just so powerful. And you took it even further, you know, by caring to know like the why behind it, you know, like kind of like the what makes them tick. And that's that's pretty amazing. I, I feel like what a gift for them to transform and for you to see that transformation. Yes, absolutely. It is, you know, it, it has been the most humbling experience of my life to be able to support this. I don't change people, people change themselves. I provide tools, suggestions, and support. Like you said, people just want to be seen. And I feel like I was given in my life. I had a really amazing childhood. I was really supported. And I think within that, I got my ability to hold a lot for other people. I can hear things, I can hold them. I can sort of like, if I see somebody carrying something really heavy, I have the ability to put my arm under it as well. I feel an obligation to use that in the world. I do it by creating these spaces, holding space, facilitating spaces. It has always struck me that people come into a Zoom room a dance studio, a classroom, a workshop at a festival, and they trust me. They gave me money, they gave me the irreplaceable resource of time. So I try to take that very seriously and what I'm able to give back to them. I love that. That's a, a huge form of respect. What a beautiful way you stated that. Like if you see that someone needs like metaphorically like a hand that you would give that hand to help them. That's pretty awesome. Okay, so what aspect of your role as a business leader or coach brings you the most joy and fuels your soul? Like you get to witness these transformations, right? What like fulfills you? Mm, I would say two things that I find truly, I mean, I find all of it fulfilling, but the things that like light me up, I will get up early, stay up late. One is to truly see a transformation. I have a client who I have had for several years. And when she started with me, she's building a business, but we worked on her as the person as well as the business. She was very hesitant. It was very hard. It was a lot of holding space. She recently opened oh, this big, beautiful 
sewing studio. She's a seamstress and an amazing master tailor. And I got to, I had the privilege of going to the grand opening and I opened the door and it was like filled with her and her space and her sequin shirt. And she was shining and showing people around. And I was like, look what happened. You know, like she, I didn't really do it. She did the work. I just kept showing up and holding the space and helping and showing the blind spot. So that to me, like is truly fulfilling. The other thing that I love so much is the energy of a group of people. So if there's a dance class, if there is a, and this really goes to the transformation of movement. If I'm teaching a coaching workshop, there's 60 people there. And when I walk in, people are uncertain. They're like, who's this lady? And I can move them. So we're going to use move in a variety of ways. If I can move the energy, if I can get them to move, and there is a movement that I see their energy shift, there is like literally the way that I can feel that energy is one of my favorite things in the whole world. And if you want to see me like hype the end of those classes, like I'm like, I feel like I could touch the ceiling. Oh, wow. See, I said you have this energy about you that's very like uh, joyful and I, I can just imagine when it's like compounded and everyone else is vibing on it, how that elevates that vibe. Yeah, it's almost like being the conductor. People walk in and everybody has individual energy and that if I can like go in there and sort of do things and be intuitive about where to stand, who to say this to, build them up, see them hold each other, my job is done. And, you know, like I sort of go to that idea. There's this Elizabeth Gilbert TED talk where she talks about the genius being the person, but like the thing in the wall. I always think it's not me, it's my ability to bring something forth. And when that thing shows up and I, my job is to be the most prepared for it, it's incredible. Well, that's obviously your gift, you know, your ability to recognize that. So it is genius. And then you're using that gift to like in an elevated way. So, yeah. And I mean, like, I really, truly believe we all have it. And part of my work is to bring it forth for people. And part of that, okay, so part of that is I'm going to own that I have a genius because I think that when I own it, other people get permission to own theirs. Oh, I love that. See, okay, with all the clients that you've worked with, right? Like uh, all different, like people from all different backgrounds through the years, has there been like a commonality? Has there been someone that you feel was super challenging to, let's say, break through and help, but it ended up a surprise and a fulfillment in a way that was unexpected? Sure. I think that people show up at a variety of places. The thing that really struck me, at some point I realized that I can't influence anything that I'm judging. So if somebody shows up, my job is to help shift. If I show up and I'm like, oh, they're in a bad space. I don't know, or like, oh, this seems kind of, you're being lazy. As soon as that comes out, even in just in my head, my intention changes slightly. I'm trying to get off the call. I'm trying to do this. If I just say, where can I meet them right now to create the start of a shift? That's my job. Now, I'm going to be honest. I live in New York City. I don't apply that rule to my day-to-day -day life. I get very mad at tourists who walk slow. I'm extremely imperfect. But if I can be that person as a coach, that's what I'm striving for. And 
I have a truly amazing coach who models that for me that I get reminded. I've never on my coach seen her show up less than 100%. So just like my parents modeled that to me, she's modeling that. I say, let me do it too. I love that, that you had those foundational people in your life and you recognized what they brought to the table and the value that they shared from of themselves with you. And now you're carrying that forward. Yeah, it's it's my like it's my duty. So when I was teaching dance, I was still growing. I'm growing now. I'm a different person in who I am in my career right now. And I remember saying to someone, I wish my heart was always as open as it is when I'm teaching because I'm non-judgmental and I'm loving and I'm holding. The difference between now and then is I, I have created more of that space for myself from myself. So I'm able to be that person more often. I'm not going to be the Buddha. Like that's, that's unrealistic. Sunshine and roses all the time is not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, like, you know, I don't mind somebody with a little edge, but the, the thing I realize is that now I'm able to step into bigger spaces and have my heart open like that to support people because I've done it for myself. I am more accepting and loving of myself now than I was then as I've aged, as I've developed as I've gotten more coaching as I've worked on my career. And I'm so excited to see myself keep doing that. Because I think the more I love myself, the more I include myself in my own mission, the better it's going to go. Well, that makes sense. And you know how they say you you just made me think of this, like with the how people change, I think they say like every seven years, a person changes, I almost feel like is that true? Or do you think people change just circumstantially? Like when you're exposed to things and you get training and you're doing things, it, the change is kind of organic and weaving at a constant pace versus a, you know, set. I think that without any intention, our change can happen at apexes that are good or bad. That's where phrases like rock bottom transformation point come from where like big changes come when something big happens. Now, when somebody puts intention behind it, which is coaching, which is self-development, which is reading the book, which is going to the fitness, whatever, whatever kind of change you wanna make, it's not a straight line. It doesn't go like this. It's ups and downs, but it's sort of like, it looks a little like the stock market where it's continually going up, but those ups and downs are compressed based on how much work we're doing. And I think also, are you in your body? Because like think about the word embodied, I can't think myself into change. I have to embody it. And two, do I have support? And three, am I being kind to myself? Oh, I love that. Okay. I have <laughs> going to reflect yeah. on those later <laughs> myself. <laughs> I got to stay on track. for <laughs> Now you mentioned your mentor. Mm -hmm. And I have struggled for a long time. I have been seeking a mentor for a very long time, well over a decade. And I have found it very difficult to find someone that I truly connect with that's not just a like kind of in and outer of my life type person. How did you find your mentor? And because you had mentioned how impactful that she is in your life, like what have you gained? What are some of the things that you have gained that are life-changing from that relationship? Sure. I mean, I think that I ascribe to the belief that mentorship and coaching is just going to be part of my life. 
I, I see a lot of people like they'll come to me and be like, can you coach me for three months? And I'm like, I can I actually won't do that short. However, the people who choose that there is fundamentally a team because like people have blind spots. I need somewhere to fill that in. So like right now I'm doing, I'm moving into having a lot of public speaking and larger opportunities. So I currently have, I've always had a personal trainer. I'm a weightlifter. And because I know that somebody could give me that workout and I'd be like, oh, look at the book. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do this to the extent. And also I'm working on particular skill sets. And then I have my coach who I was talking about. I've had the same coach for the last four or five years and she's a life coach. And I talk to her three times a month. I have a public speaking coach because I'm working very specifically on speaking. And I also just started working with a stylist, which sounds to me as somebody from the suburbs and middle America, so indulgent. But I saw that everyone who was in the place I wanted to be, all were doing this because it is a last part of your communication with the world. So, and she's amazing. She's also part of my coaching because she's also a therapist. And it's about how do you feel in this? How do you choose to present to the world? So within that is that I have chosen to have a support system. And this is what I say is one, sometimes I try it and it hasn't worked. I've had different coaches, but I typically look for somebody who aligns with me on values. And I do not take advice from anyone who hasn't done what I want to do and has helped other people do it. So for instance, if you want to build a service business, if you want to create positive change in your life, if you want to create a fitness business, if you want to be a coach or a personal brand, here I am. You know, if this is interesting to you, I just had somebody come to me and they're like, I really want some coaching. They want to open a restaurant. And I was like, I'm going to find you somebody else to talk to because I have never done that. There is a product that goes bad as you have it. And I was like, oh, I have no idea how to do that. So I love that, that you, you know, didn't know how to do it, but that you offered that person an alternate option of finding them. Like you didn't just leave them hanging, go up like, Oh, I don't know how to do that. And can't help you. Like you said, no, I'm going to help find you and connect you with someone who can. I always try to do that to the best of my ability. And the other thing is I always have resources at different price points. I'm a great choice. But I don't think it's fair for coaching to be exclusionary, which it is right now. I don't think coaching should just be for certain kinds of people. So I have, you know, there's lots of like the state, wherever if somebody lives in the US has a small business resource. That's why I've created courses. This is for everyone. Everybody should have the right to create an intention in their life and then build towards it. That's an amazing thing too, that you recognize that because I think, and I don't feel like I'm alone in this when I have pursued, let's say, you know, a mentor type person and coach, um, you, you get these reactions where they're like, we just, yeah, sure. No problem. But you know, you need to give me this and it's like all this money and you're like, wow, really? I'm just starting out. I, I need help. Like, it's a shame that I can't get the help I'm seeking from someone in guidance just because I I can't afford it because it's only, you know, certain people that can. So the fact that you recognize that I think is pretty incredible. Yeah. And I am trying to get to a point we do. I also do work where I'm working on equity in my own company because certain people in the world 
have been given more advantages in a variety of different ways to be able to afford things like this. That's not fair. Let's figure out how to fix it. And within that, the other thing is I live in the United States. The U.S. dollar is extremely expensive in most of the world. For me, we're places where I can do it, Australia and Canada, I'm charging them in their currency. You have to take care of yourself first. I've built a business that's big enough to be able to do that. But should people just starting out, people who haven't had access to everything, all, everybody should get this chance. I'm like, let's figure out how to do it. Or I'm always, you know, like the other thing is I've had people on the phone with me. They're like, they don't have enough money. They have children. They're like behind on the rent. And I'm like, listen, you don't need a coach. You have to go get a job. We've got to not put ourselves first, but like I really think about my company holistically. Here's all the different ways I can create change. Am I taking care of me and everyone around me? Now, do you ever feel because of that? Is it ever kind of like a like draining? I don't mean it in a negative way, but you know, you're taking care of so many people in addition to yourself. Uh, is it ever feel a little overwhelming or? Sure. And I put on my own oxygen mask first. I believe that women, underserved communities, people of color, people who have distinct economic disadvantage, there's a whole list, deserve access to more money because money makes you safe in the things that come with that. And more money becomes more voice. The, the woman I know the best that I am the closest to is myself. So I created a business that made enough money for me. Now that I'm in a place where I have plenty, it is way more than enough. I mean, New York, you'll think you have enough and then you meet everybody else and you're like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> Within that, I think how much energy and resource can I give? If not, I send people to other people where there's resource. I can't take it all on. And I think that I want to be careful saying that because I think some people overgive. But I started like my first project was me. And then I, th I think about what's closest to me, which is my employees, because I have employees. They need to be okay. So we're, I mean, we're charging full price for most things. We're, it's an investment, but now I'm in the place where I'm like, not for private coaching, but for courses, I'm in a position. If you're charging a Canadian in US dollars, it's twice as much. It's a very different price point. So can I start there? And then I think within my own circle, where can I help? And if not, who else has resources I can send people to? And then the other thing that I think about is personal impact. So we also are starting. One thing that's important for me is just something I've run into in my life because of a dance class I taught is when kids go to college, they if they're in foster care, there's nobody to help them in college because they graduate, you know, they graduate when they're 18 and they're like, bye. They don't necessarily, they might get a scholarship. They might get Pell grants for college, but is providing dorm room supplies for kids coming out of foster care. We're starting to be able to do that with the company. So I think I try to look at it holistically. I just said a lot of different things. It's all good. I like that you take care of your team because I think that reflects on you and says a lot. And I think, you know, if your team's happy, you know, how could your business not do well and thrive? You know, right? If you're the core, if you're the root and mm -hmm. you're growing out your branches and taking care of all the things, you know, and then 
I think it's really fascinating. I've never heard anyone say this before where they care about the clients as far as their locale and their currency and making it work based on the people specifically and where they live and what's reasonable for those people. That just is thoughtfulness depth that is just really incredible that you consider that. I just think a lot. I'm constantly like, what about that? What about that? That's interesting. And I, of course, like I orient towards this. Let's create this. Let's fix that. Let's do this. And so I had to learn how to take care of myself first because I used to overextend. So now I'm well within my means of being able to do something. But I also think I really orient towards the like B Corp model where a business is judged not just by profit, but by profit how they're treating their team, how they're treating their environment, and then how are they treating the communities around them. It's really cool that you've gotten to this point that you can now uh, reflect on like an organization or charity that you care about and that you want to now bring on board and you know start working into your, your, your work itself. Um, that's amazing. Thank you. You do these things called Tactical Tuesday Tip Reels on your IG, and they are really fun and very, you know, informative. And I was wondering if you could please share one of your favorite ones with the Unplugged listeners. Yes. One of my favorite ones that I need to bring back, maybe I'll do it tomorrow, is just starting to understand the math behind setting financial goals. People all the time, every person I meet, they either want to make $100,000 or they want to make a million dollars. And I'm like, how? How are you going to do that? Because both of those are big numbers, depending on what your company does, size, scope, all these things. Because people will be like, I'm going to make a million dollars selling these $4 pens. And I'm like, do you know how many pens that is? There's not a disconnect. And I want people to start doing the math. So $100,000, I can charge $10 and sell a bunch of them, or I can sell a thousand and sell a hundred of them. So like, maybe I need to take, I always say repackage your magic Mm -hmm. to take all the things I can do, repackage it. If I create an amazing thousand dollar product, that's a lot easier to sell. And if you, you know, there's only 365 days in a year. So like, that's easier than trying to like people, people want to serve the world. And they're like, so I'm going to make everything I sell a dollar but I want to make a million dollars. And I was like, do you have time to sell something 1 million times? So in the Tactical Tuesday, in the reel, this was before Tactical Tuesday, I just did, here's how to make $100,000. You can sell a $10 thing this many times, a $100 thing this many times, or a $1,000 thing 100 times. I love that because I think that people are so focused on the end number to your point that they are taking the time to figure out, okay, how can I realistically get to it? I think they're thinking how to get to the end number, Mm -hmm. but not in a realistic way. Right. That's awesome. I love your repackage your magic that you said. That's super cool. Thank you. It's, you know, I do a lot of helping people do digital sales and people walk into the wall of dollars for hours, which is, you know, if I'm a therapist, talk about a draining job and I can charge a hundred bucks an hour, I hit a cap based on how many hours I can work a day. So if that person has interesting things, I say, let's repackage that magic into something we can sell to a hundred people for one hour for a course, for a, you know, a printable, whatever that thing is, let's repackage your magic 
so that once again, you're supported as part of the business. Well, you just inspire me. I After this, I'm going to be like, my wheels in my head are in overload right now. Good. I, you know, I hope that everybody gets that message because that also is the way to scale. You have to repackage your magic. The way that we got here is not typically how we can get there. And there is whatever you determine your intention is, but it's really tough when you're doing the thing you started with. So repackage it, create an amazing offer and sell that. Do a lot of people, do you feel that come to you? Is it more common that they're coming to you at kind of like midway of what they think their idea is? And it is that timing of the repackage your magic and, you know, like let's reset and refigure this out to get you to where you want to go? Yes. So for private coaching, yes, they typically have gotten to X, which is what they thought when they started was the dream. And then they get to X and they're like, oh, I have to work 70 hours a week. And I only have this many hours in a day and I've got two kids. What am I going to do? Or they're really good at what they do and they never learned business. So, oh, she's an amazing seamstress. She's an amazing dancer. She's an amazing Pilates instructor. So they got business, but they never got the fundamentals. You know, the house doesn't really work without the foundation. So I help build or fortify the bottom. I love that too. (laughs) I'm full of analogies, but like I really help build the base because I'm not interested in the internet millionaire. I made a million dollars once. I'm interested in you making the amount you actually need over and over and over. Well, I think that's the key. And uh, and that's another thing I, I feel like in this society that we live in these days, in that fast pace, everything's like disposable. I really don't think people are thinking of that long-term mindset and the fact that you would present it in a way that they would see that and that being the greater value than the, what they thought would be like kind of like the quick buck. Wouldn't it serve them better the way you know you could teach them and have it be like repeat? and long-term. Yeah, absolutely. And have we included the human in the goal? Do you want, you know, like I am a person who's going to work a lot no matter what, like I enjoy it. You, like if you look at the rest of their life, you can usually tell, like I'm an empire builder. That is my goal. There are people who are lifestyle business people and that is amazing. They're like, I want to do this. I want to help people, but I want to go write my novel. So let's create a package that includes you as the human where you have time to go right. Also, it is different. The person with two children cannot have the same business as me if they're actively raising them, their young kids, because I don't have kids. So we have to think about that. There are people who are coming to me who are still choosing to work part-time or full-time. Let's build a different business. This is why I don't do blanket solutions. I don't believe in them in coaching. I have a toolbox. What do you want? What do you need? Let's take the tools and figure out which ones you need to build what you want. That's kick ass. Like that the person is an individual in your eyes and like building upon what are their specific needs. I feel like there's a million reasons why um, you are just like an incredible coach. Thank you. You know, I think that that means a lot. I had to get over Something that bothers me a lot in society is when people are like, let's just throw those toxic people out. You know who's been toxic before? Me, because I had something that was wrong and that's okay. But the more that I've gotten okay with myself, the better I am at what I do. 
So I think that for somebody to step into a space of being a healer, a supporter, a coach, you've got to be okay enough with who you are. It's not about me. My job is not about me. It's about me supporting other people. So as long as you're in that space, I feel like coaching is going to work. They're lucky that you're in it. Not that you haven't shared like wisdom, like I said, that's making my brain want to explode right now. <laughs> but what is like, uh, what is like some sage advice or like a piece of sage advice that you could share that applies to entrepreneurs, like no matter what stage of the business they're at or what field of business they're in? Yes. Here's my sage piece of advice. This is something my client, her name is Deb D, said. She said, I'm not sure I'm playing the game I want to win. And I was like, my brain exploded. So my first question is, are you playing the game you want to win? And within that, my advice is understand your intention and your outcome. Because people start playing the game that other people want. You get there and you're like, this is terrible. And within that, who do I want to be? What do I want it to look like? Who do I want to be helping? What structure of a business do I want? My second piece of advice is when you set a goal, I want you to create a equal person. And this is a person who's across the street. It is you. And that is the person who can meet that goal. And then you put an equal amount of energy into becoming the person who can do it as you do in reaching the goal. Oh, I like that a lot. I, well, I like both. And I hope that people have, you know, a pen or their laptop around while they're listening to this episode, because they should be taking lots of notes for all these nuggets of wisdom you're sharing. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I said this a couple of times, but like, I wasn't ready for this before. And so I started, you know, like I have 10 employees of different part-time, full-time. I used to be a terrible boss because I was trying to make everybody happy instead of being a leader and being clear. Until I learned how to do that, I didn't get this. I constantly think there's a Lisa across the street, be her. And then it's the ultimate spiritual game because I get personal growth. So who cares if I met the goal? I, oh my God, that's just amazing. I love like you see the person that you are, you're going to meet them and get to that point. And then what's next? Who's the next person that you are? And, and has someone been with you on your team since that beginning that has stuck it through, gets to appreciate, you know, your journey? Yes. Her name is Heather. She was my assistant at the dance studio. Like she's my second hire. I had an assistant that was very part-time before that. That person left to go to graduate school. And she's she's got to be like, thank goodness, Lisa works on herself. <laughs> what was, you know, she was there through the whole thing, but she's amazing. And she still, she has another job, but she supports me part-time. It's been, oh, probably 15 years. Wow. That is a real like loyalty thing there then. Yeah. I mean, I remember us the first time we were like, there's a hundred thousand dollars. We made it. We've made it. We have made it. And it was amazing. And that I don't ever discount that moment. It's a big deal. Not everybody gets there. And now I run a pretty big business. But like if we hadn't celebrated that and me be like, okay, I mean, after the studio rent, and the teachers and me, there wasn't a lot of money left and I had to pay Heather. So then I was like, let's get bigger. Who's the Lisa across the street? I want to move to New York. Who's the Lisa across the street? And then I kept kindly working on that skill set because I used to be kind of mean to myself. And until I got nice 
it didn't happen as fast. Were you being like too harsh on yourself? What do you mean by not nice to yourself? Otelia, my coach who I was talking about earlier, she used one year in January, I said, here's all my goals. And she said, you sound like you need to fix yourself. You're perfect. What are some small adjustments that we can work towards? I was constantly, I felt like too deep into self-development and thought I would always need to fix something. I have patterns, things that came from the outside world that could be shifted or adjusted. And that's exciting to work on. And every day now I'm like, it's like, I really try to be sweet to myself. Like sometimes I, I stand up in the morning and I'm like, good job. You did it. Oh, I love that. Cause like you're tired. Sometimes, you know, I make a big sale or do a big speech or change a business and I celebrate that, but you got to do all the little parts. Walked around the block. Great. Well, because everything's a contributing factor, right? Mm -hmm. When you're doing that, like you, you know, you said you originally had that goal, right? Like a hundred thousand dollars and like that was a big deal. You know, you think, where can I take it from there? Is that something that you think about in terms of a timeline? Or is that another thing that's kind of like organic where you're like, okay, I made it to that goal point. What can I set as my next goal? And like, how, when can I get to that point? Yes, it depends. Sometimes there is a timeline. One fun thing I've noticed about my life is I tend to hit a lot of goals like two to three days after the time I set. So I know, I mean, time is arbitrary. It's tomorrow in Australia. I'm about after this, I'm guest teaching something in Australia. Like time is what? I just had a client who had a really good month and then a really bad month. And I was like, okay, so now months start on the 15th. I'm making a new rule. And she's like, oh, now the months are equal. I think that goals are useful until they start to control us. They're really not useful when they start to defeat us. So like for me, one thing I had to do when I was like, okay, 100,000, let's try 500,000. That was not the next year, but it took years. But I was like, one, I really have to get clear in my mind that my business's money is very different than my money. I think people think, ooh, she's got half a million dollars. I was like, I did, you got to pay a lot of people to make that much money. There's my salary and starting to differentiate that. And I very clearly used to think in terms of my business in hundreds of dollars. Then I was like, I'm going to start thinking in thousands. We need to make thousands of dollars. I'm going to think about the business has to spend thousands. And recently I've been like, we're going to start thinking in tens of thousands. It's just a new, it's a new piece on the game board. Do people ever come to you and they like have a set amount in mind and are they open to you saying, okay, like that's good to have that amount, but you know, realistically we have to, you know, work that a different way. Yeah, of course. I think that if they're not open, it's probably not the best fit. People have come to me and said two things. A big goal I hear in the beginning is I want to make $10,000 a month. Super. So, but I will say this depends on how much are you working and what are you selling? We might need to repackage the magic. Also, if there are cracks in the foundation, or in fact, you've built a home without a foundation, I am not interested in you making $10,000 next month. I am interested in building something where it makes that or more next year for every month for the duration of the business. That is two very different skills because we could do a fire sale. We could do something for you to get a bunch of money right now. Sometimes we have to do that, but I am interested in building mature businesses. The second thing that I would say is 
The second number I hear all the time is people are like, I want to make a million dollars. Great. Do you really understand what that means? Like, let's talk about $83,000 a month. Uh, one, are you, are you at the point, do you have the structure to hold that, to service that many clients, to do that? It takes 10 employees and 10 employees are expensive. It also takes the time to manage that many people. There are people who do it without it, but if you wanna consistently be making that much money, you need a structure. You gotta look across a couple of streets. Who's the person who can do that? Oh, so you're like looking ahead at yourself, but like a couple streets in the future kind of thing. Yeah, 2% of female owned businesses make more than a million dollars a year. I am here to see that change, but we gotta put in the work to create the infrastructure for people to be able to build that and keep it. I think that's more important. I love that that's your focus, you know, the stability of it, not just getting it and being like, check, got it. Now, what am I going to do? But like, how could that be sustained over time? And then I think to your point, you got it sustained. Now let's grow it from that point. Yes. I think about two things. I think about, this is from Otelia, how can I honor my nature without suffering? So my nature is very forward oriented. I love a goal. So I do have monthly goals, but I used to be, if I didn't meet the goal, I would beat myself up, which made me get further away from the next goal. There you go into shame and blame and shame and blame furthers you away from where you're going. So I want to honor my own nature by using goals and then I, I will get two days away from the end of the month and be like, man, I was busy and I'll change the goal. I'll be like, take $5,000 off. Look who met her goal. Because I set big goals. And then, so like, be loose. And I also think if we we're at a bowling alley and the pins were there, but there was no lane, it was just a big wood open floor. Goals help create the like gutters and the walls. So I'm getting closer. So like deadlines do I mean like, because if I'm like, I want to make this money someday, I'm just throwing balls, seeing what happens. I want to make it in the next three months. I've got some bumpers. Yeah. And if it doesn't happen, let's just add three more months. It's just like I said, not a blanket, a tool. How can I use this as a tool to move myself forward? I love that. The bumpers analogy too. And like, you know, creating that like safety, but not to the point that you're beating yourself up and you go, okay, like we're getting close, but I just need to extend it in the, the honoring your own nature and shame versus blame. Pretty kick-ass. <laughs> yeah. If I'm doing something that makes me feel bad about myself, there's a difference between shame and like an evaluation. I don't want to get into shame because shame makes me do the bad thing more. Not the bad thing, but as we would call it that such a powerful point, you know, shame versus blame and the impact of the meaning of those words and how they influence you, depending on what word you're using. You had gone through something pretty incredible in life. A, a little about uh, over a year ago, you had a situation where you had 20 tumors and they had to be removed. Where you are now in life, obviously, is so dramatically different a little over a year is not that long of a time to have gone through something like that. I find that among so many other things about you so inspiring. Can you please share what got you from that point to where you are today um, for those who are feeling overwhelmed and have maybe not 
that health issue, but things similar that are weighing on them? Yeah, I think that the thing that has helped me, one, I just want to be clear this just to be fair. I live in New York where there's like some of the best hospitals in the world. I got access to something that really helped me. And as soon as I got help, I was like, look at life. Let's go. You know, especially like it's sort of and I'm sure that my health condition was sort of exacerbated. That was sort of back to back with the end of the part of the pandemic. So like all this stuff had happened and then I had to have surgery. I healed. I gave myself time to heal. I built a business where that could happen. My dad came and took care of me when I had the surgery. Oh, I know he's the best. I um, had issues. They were causing me like lack of energy. There's a ton of sort of complications from that. So what I would say is that like when you've overcome something, give yourself time to heal, because if we don't heal, nothing good is going to happen. But when that healing is over, I think a lot about how life is finite. There is an end to my life. And so like, I'm going to maximize what's happening. I was so excited. I was born on the sunny side of the street. I would encourage everyone to do that in their own way. And I constantly think that my input equals my output. So what am I consuming information wise? That's going to allow me to output good things. I remember reading right before that, the Brene Brown book. Um, and you know, that quote from a president, I think it was Theodore Roosevelt about like the real people are the people who are like dirty and face down in the arena. Like that's living. And I got this image of me with like bloodied, lose, lost some tooth and you're in the arena. And you know, it's like, it's my movie mind. It's sunny and you roll over and you just like put your hands behind your head and you're like, I fought, I tried. Okay. I see a lot of people getting stuck in what has happened to them instead of what could happen to them. And certainly there's things that are systemic and that are large that our society has to deal with. But like this, I could be like, oh, I had surgery. I'm so sad. Or I could be like, this is amazing. Now I feel good. I'm going to go do stuff. And it's like a new lease on life. And I even think about like, you know, recently Instagram, they're charging for the check mark now. I bought it. Because I was like, I don't, I went, it's a valuable marketing resource. And I was talking about that on Instagram and my friend who's amazing. He's like a sage. He was like, yeah, dry those, dry those tears with dollar bills. So like, instead of being mad at Facebook, at Meta, they do not care if I'm mad at them. They like, don't care. So instead of that, just take those dollars. Cause like, as soon as I got the check mark, I started, like, I saw my reach going up and I was like, great. Thanks. All right. I love that. You're like, they, they're taking care of themselves. Those big companies, right? Like to your point, they don't care. Right. So you're, you're going to take advantage of what they're putting out there and just use it to how it could serve you in a, in a good way. That's really cool. Yeah. You have yourself a podcast and it's called Limitless with Lisa Z. Can you tell us about your podcast? Because I think people are really going to want to listen in. Yeah, we did a sort of teaser episode and the like episode episode. Here's the thing. I think a lot about the people who go from inspiration to doing it, to the action, especially with businesses and putting it out into the world. I'm really interested in that. Because a lot of people think not everybody does. And that goes back to the dancing because that means they've embodied it somehow. 
So this podcast is about that. So it's a combination. Each week there's two episodes. One is me coaching you. How do I start to become limitless? And then the second episode is an interview with somebody who I have seen do that. Ooh, that's a great combo. I love that. And the theme of inspiration and action, that in itself. So many other times people just think of one of those elements and you get either coaching aspect or just a story. So God, you combine those two. That is limitless potential. Thanks. Well, I am just very thrilled and grateful that you came on the program today because, uh, like I said, I have to now go process all these amazing things that uh, I want to put into play and think about. Uh, If you want to learn more about Lisa and sign up for one of her cohorts, uh, check out her show, go to her website at www.lisazahia.com. Or go to her IG page at Lisa Zahia. You can also find these details in the Gal on the Go Unplugged show notes. Thank you for taking the time to unplug with me today, Lisa. You are so welcome. Thank you so much. And to my listeners, remember, be curious, be kind, and be bold.